This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Virginia only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 532 3500. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to Sports Better's Paradise on the Bet Rivers Network. All right, it's that time of the year again. The NFL Draft, the Las Vegas bookmakers' favorite thing to book every year. And we've seen a different approach uh, by some of them. Some elected not even to put up uh, any numbers. Of course, in Nevada, you guys have way more restrictions and less of a betting menu than than the states that uh, allow it. And there's a lot of different uh, regulations based on different states. I think a third of the Bet Rivers uh, states uh, have in-game now, they give you a little bit of a margin. It's like two or three picks, you know, as far as the, it's not exactly uh, live, you know, pick to pick. But still, um, what's, been a, what's been a chatter? But you guys interact with a lot of bookmakers in Las Vegas uh, about their approach on the draft where they've been getting uh, beat the last couple of years. Mitch, we'll start with you. Yeah, that's it's the common theme is that they don't like to uh, post them at all because they know that they're going to lose on this. So uh, just from looking at uh, several different books on Monday morning, the week of the draft here, they were pulling stuff live when we were on the air early in the morning. I mean, that's we're on at four o'clock Pacific time. And I know that we can get into the running back prop specifically here today. That was lowered from plus 310 to plus 180 to plus 150. Wouldn't take a bet, plus 140 off the air. Another book completely pulled it. Um, there was another book in town that, I don't know what their deal is because they only had numbers up on the first pick overall in the draft that you could bet, but they had like six or seven other props, but every single player was locked. So you technically couldn't even make a bet on it anyway. And then this morning they had some stuff that was opened up and it just, it all vanished at the same exact time and everything got wiped off their app except for the first overall pick. And then they added like the Raiders first pick overall. I, I just, I don't think it's ever going to be a big deal out here for, for bookmakers, um, meaning that uh, they're not going to take it seriously. They're not going to offer a lot of props out here at all. So it's just, it's quite frankly, it's a bad state to bet the draft in. Yeah. Matt? Yeah, the, the golden era of NFL draft betting is uh, in, the, in the past. That lasted about two or three years. Uh, in Nevada, two of the major bookmakers I talked to this week are not even going to post props. Like Mitch uh, referenced a couple other books that did put them up, have already been taking props off the board, and numbers moving fast. You can't find much. The market shrinks. Uh, outside of Nevada, the NFL draft market's not bad. You've got some books like Bet Rivers that are actually uh, putting up some pretty good menus on the NFL draft, but inside the state, you're not finding much at all. So uh, you got to do what you can to uh, jump on these fast before the numbers move. Get down what you can. It's still going to be a good betting event, hopefully, for us. And uh, just not going to be as good as it was uh, last year, two years ago, three years ago. So you, you think, Matt, that the window of opportunity is, is tightened a little bit even outside of Nevada on trying to uh, profit on the draft? 
I'm sure it's tightened a little bit. I mean, I've been trying to get bets down, and uh, you know, it's not easy. And numbers moving fast, but you're still seeing a decent menu outside the state of Nevada. But it's probably not what it was, you know, in 2020 during the pandemic. That was uh, unbelievable. What was up on that draft? Because that was the biggest sporting event uh, going that month. That was all that was going. And then each year, I think the uh, the buffets uh, got a little bit smaller. And we're going to get to the point soon where uh, you're not going to find much of anything in the state of Nevada because the bookmakers are getting, getting beat on this thing year after year after year, and they don't want to continue to put props up. I'll give Circus Sports in Vegas a little bit of credit because I didn't think they were going to put anything up. And then last uh, week, one day out of nowhere, they put uh, three or four props up on a board that uh, you could actually play on with some playable numbers, and they were taking decent bets. So... At least somebody's got something up, and I wasn't sure we were going to see anything this year considering the way the uh, bookmakers have been pounded on this event the last uh, few years. Well, Matt, you and I had a, a, a great deal of success uh, the last couple of years. Mitch, you hit a bomb last year. I got on it later than you, but I was happy to get 22-1. to 1. It wasn't 100-1 to 1 that Derek Stingley would go uh, go third uh, to the Houston Texans. I still wonder why you invest a, uh, in a cornerback a third pick in play cover too but that's that that staff is gone now so anyway um who is maybe a bomb that you have this year your biggest shot that you think you have a shot at hitting uh this week well the, the it all comes at uh the number two overall pick for me if it's cj stroud i lose every bet that i've made on that um but i was able to get down you know, uh, last week, I think two weeks ago, probably on uh, a couple of defensive players ago, number two overall, I grabbed Will Anderson at twenty nine to one, and sprinkled a little bit on on Wilson at sixty. And then when it looked like there was going to be some movement on Will Levis, I, I put some on plus six fifty. So if either one of those three players goes number two overall, it'll be okay. It's not going to be like last year with Stingley at a hundred to one. Uh, but if if that still is like Stroud at number two, then no, that will not be a good result for me. Um, but those are my, quite honestly, those are the biggest bombs that I have um, because just of, again, what was available. I, I, last year it was, you want to bet picks one through four, no problem. Who's it going to be? I mean, this year, difficult to find here in town. So it's not like, uh, I don't have nearly as many bets this year as I did in years past because of that. Matt, what, what bets that you have already made before we get to your picks that you have that are available at the current uh, Bet Rivers lines? You know, I was on that Stingley bet last year, too. I just put a small bet on it at 100 to 1. I went back two days later to bet it again. I was already down to 30 to 1. That, that thing moved fast. There's, you're not going to find much like that this year. In fact, the book that put that uh, prop up last year really has uh, very little up on the draft this year. I did bet. Jalen Carter to go third overall, uh, the defensive tackle from Georgia. I bet him to go third overall at 30 to 1. Um, I've got Anthony Richardson, the Florida quarterback, to go to the Falcons at 16 to 1. Other than that, I really couldn't find uh, many long shots to bet. It's nothing like the Stingley uh, prop from a year ago. As much as it uh, it puzzles me, um, you know, trying to evaluate Richardson and where he would go in this draft, I cannot believe that we're sitting here and he's pretty much a lock to go top ten. I, I just didn't, you know, we've seen a lot of great college quarterbacks that didn't pan out uh, in the NFL. Tons. How many quarterbacks that weren't any good in college? <laughs> 
well, you know, or <laughs> improve their game. Now, we've seen some legends like Tom Brady and Joe Montana play above their draft, you know, where, sl- where they were drafted. But my goodness, I mean, whew, you got a long way to go uh, with, uh, with Richardson. And Levis, too. You know, even he had a, you know, we did uh, the over-under win, uh, win total, um, you know, before the season started. And I put bet Kentucky under him is basically, I don't think Will Levis can do it by himself. He lost the entire offensive line. He lost Gonzalez, a 1,400-yard rusher from the year before. But even when he had that great offensive line and running game to take pressure off of him, he had 24 touchdowns and 13 interceptions. That's not great numbers in. Well, he's bigger, stronger, faster than uh, Sean Clifford, and he could not beat him out uh, at Penn State. So these quarterbacks... You know, I guess this group will not be the first or last for NFL to overdraft quarterbacks. Everybody's trying to, you know, hit that, uh, you know, you know, make that uh, hit. But still, I did follow you, Matt, on Richardson over four and a half at plus 135. He's minus what? Minus 350 now. And I know I bet Rivers, his number has moved up uh, to five and a half, um, you know, and uh, and so, uh, well, you know, you got uh, that going on. But Bryce Young at one, do we all agree there? And then sort of the fun starts. Is that right, Mitch, you think? Yeah, I think so. I mean, at this point, it's going to be a massive upset if Young doesn't go number one. So if we want to assume here for a second that he's going to go number one, then at number two and number three, I mean, that could go several different ways. I mean, what if Levis doesn't go number two with him being forty right now? What if that is a defensive player like – like Wilson, what do the Cardinals do at number three? Do they take Will Anderson? Uh, assuming here for a second that we're not going to get any trades, and we probably will get trades, but those are always tough to predict. Like, what's what's the pecking order of that? Because I do think that if Le- – I think maybe the surest thing on the board right now is – and there's no sure thing, trust me, but if Levis is available at number four, I mean, it's he's going to the Colts, I believe. Because he's going to go ahead of Richardson mm-hmm. and all these rumors reports saying that, you know, they have had Levis ahead of C.J. Stroud, in fact, on their big board. And when you connect the dots and there's no way Chris Ballard could make those comments that he made a couple of months ago and for this team not to address the quarterback position in the draft or in the offseason. Now, I guess they could still make a run at Lamar Jackson, but we haven't seen that yet. So they have to make a play here for quarterback. Have to. Otherwise, they're just going to get absolutely destroyed in the media and rightfully so. And again, if these rumors are correct, they like Levis more than Stroud. So I think that would be probably the play there at number four. Yeah, uh, Jaylen, this Jalen Carter stuff, the, I see more people mocking him fifth overall every day to the Seahawks. Hmm. But there is specifically one person who covers Seattle who's been really good about their drafts over the years. He's been great about this, basically pinpointing like quotes from over the years and talking about other players coming out, how they're high character. They're looking for high character players. Well, now more and more stuff has just been coming. It's been a terrible offseason for Jalen Carter. Like, I trust this guy. So as much as I want to bet, like, and this will tell you too, like his over-under number at last check was six and a half, juiced big time to the over, yet every mock has him going fifth. Mm -hmm. So I think that's where you trust the betting market and not the mocks. Uh, Right now at Bet Rivers, you can get Jalen Carter as the fifth pick at plus 600. Uh, Talking about Levis, uh, one thing I know for sure he can't be picked twice. He is favored at Bet Rivers right now to be the second pick at minus a dollar twenty-five, and he's also favored at plus one ten to be the fourth pick. So I'm kind of looking at that second and fourth pick in the category. And Matt, you and I have uh, Will Anderson picked at that uh, second pick, and 
If, uh, you know, he, Levis ain't, he can't go in both spots, so somebody's going to uh, come in at a little bit of a price at the second or fourth pick. I think Levis is going to go fourth. In fact, uh, I took the Bet Rivers number, uh, Levis to go fourth at plus 110. I've actually got bets on Levis under four and a half, which I think, like Mitch said, that's one of the best bets out there if you can play Levis under four and a half. I played Jalen Carter under six and a half early in the process. I thought he was just too good to slip too far in this draft. I'm not crazy about that. I got a little bit of regret on that bet now. Uh, but some of the, uh, I guess, where there's smoke, there's fire. And there's so much talk about if Jalen Carter's there at number five, the Seahawks are going to take him. I don't know if they will or not. But if they don't take him, I think the Lions, there's a good chance the Lions would at number six. So... I still think Carter under six and a half's got a decent shot. It's it's very interesting because I've heard from a good source that the Texans have uh, Will Anderson as the number one rated player on their draft board, and uh, Bryce Young number two. And they really want Young as their quarterback. If he's not there, they're going to take Anderson if they don't trade the pick. Now, if they do trade that pick, where does Will Anderson go? I'm not sure he goes three to the Cardinals. I think uh, Tyree Wilson. He's got a good shot to go number three in that spot. Uh, it's going to be Anderson or Tyree Wilson. Then number four, Levis. Number five, is it going to be Jalen Carter? I don't know. When I did my mock draft last night, I changed that pick like three times. First, I had Anthony Richardson going to the Seahawks at number five because they're going to need a quarterback of the future. you got to have somebody to sit behind Geno Smith and develop for a year or two. And I think that pick does make some sense for the Seahawks. But Seattle also probably thinks it's good enough to win the NFC West this year and doesn't want to draft a quarterback project and plug a guy like Jalen Carter in on the defensive line. And, uh, hey, let's let's be honest. I'm not sure Pete Carroll needs to be uh, casting stones at people and uh, saying that <laughs> uh, character concerns are a reason not to draft Jalen Carter mm-hmm. considering his background, some of the stuff that's gone on. Is it okay – to draft a guy who's got character issues, it's okay to draft him eighth, but not okay to draft him fourth or fifth. <laughs> you know, he's falling in the draft because of character concerns, so nobody wants to take him a two or three, but it's okay to take him number eight. I don't really uh, understand that line of thinking as far as how, how a player falls in terms of character. I think number six, you're going to see Jalen Carter or Devon Witherspoon, the cornerback from Illinois, go to the Lions. So. That's kind of the way how I think the top of the draft's going to unfold. I'm going to stick with Will Anderson, too. To me, that pick makes the most sense for the Texans. D'Amico Ryans, former Alabama linebacker, San Francisco 49ers defensive coordinator, he got this job because the Niners were so good up front defensively. He's going to build this thing from the ground up. I think he's going to start building with the defensive line and know that, hey, even if we're bad this year, that gives us a shot at Caleb Williams or Drake May at the top of the 2024 draft. We get a quarterback. Or there might be a quarterback slide to the Texans with the number 12 pick this year, and they could grab one. Or they could grab a guy like Jake Hayner from Fresno State in the second or third round and then go into 24 looking for a quarterback in the draft. I think that would be the ideal scenario for Houston, obviously. Imagine if uh, the Texans, for a second, if the Texans drafted – uh, Will Anderson, number two. Then with the number 12 pick, they said, hey, let's take the best player on the board, B. John Robinson, running back from Texas. Take Jake Hayner as a, a backup quarterback later in the draft. You're still bad, and in 2024, you got one of the top two picks. You can take Caleb Williams or Drake May. That's how you rebuild a team, you know, and uh, I think that would be 
smart for the Texans if it played out that way. But anyway, this draft market's been beat up. The numbers been beat up. It's really information overload. I've read hundreds of stories, talked to so many people. You're always not sure exactly what to believe. You're watching the betting markets move. You just have to try to piece the puzzle together and uh, kind of mock draft or bet what makes uh, the most sense to you, too. Well, on my radio show last week, Matt, you said at some point common sense has to factor into your, your decision-making as well when the the, uh, the Richardson thing. Matt, you're getting a little bit better number already uh, on Levis. Levis' fourth pick at Bet Rivers right now is plus 120. Uh, Will Anderson to be the second pick is going up from plus four fifty to five to one plus five hundred. Oh. So those are are there. I I got to take a swipe at plus six hundred with Jalen Carter as the fifth pick. Uh, I mean, you know, you, you're getting conflicting river, and there's no doubt, Mitch, that there are certain guys that have a track record of being very accurate with their draft information, like this uh, particular beat writer for Seattle. But six to one, I mean. You know, a guy that talented, I know what I'm definitely taking, and that is Jalen Carter under uh, six and a half at plus 115 uh, right now. So that guy is, you know, yes. And wasn't it uh, Warren Sapp that slid in a draft when he was coming out because of some yeah. uh, some concerns? And Well, how'd that work out? He's got a yellow jacket uh, from Canton. So uh, anyway, and helped them win a Super Bowl. Hey, Mitch, I know you were zeroing in on the running back uh, class this year. And Bajan Robinson, speaking of uh, character, uh, you know, evaluations, nothing but really, really strong reviews uh, on his character, you know, uh, on and off the field. Uh, so it, we don't draft uh, running backs usually that high, but, I mean, he's got the whole package. He's an every-down back, can catch the ball as well, and he's durable. So, But it's also the Georgia Tech uh, transfer who finished up uh, at Alabama who might be sneaking into the first round as well. You've looked at that over-under for running backs taken in the first round at one and a half. Yeah, uh, bet that this morning. You can see the odds movement uh, has been throughout the entire morning. But as Matt said earlier, these are all sensitive markets, so – uh, they can move at reports or the first bet that comes in and certainly move these numbers. But the more that comes out, and by the way, Bijan is plus 225 to go eighth overall at Bat Rivers. I think there's a chance where Atlanta could actually take yeah. him that high, believe it or not. Um, but the, uh, the reports coming out, and there were three people at least today. One was a Dallas Cowboys beat writer who basically said that if Gibbs is on the board at number 26 overall, they will absolutely consider taking him. Like so, they're high on him. They're not the only team, Matt. I know that you mocked the Bengals. Gibbs going to the Bengals at twenty-eight. I know other people have mocked Gibbs going in the first round to the Eagles, like around thirtieth. Um, and then it was Peter Schrager and I think it was Todd McShay who came out basically on Monday morning and said that Gibbs is going to be a first-round pick. So again, that was plus three dollars in change, very early in the morning to go and get to, again, this is where you kind of have to remove what you think about the position or players, or well, I think we can probably all agree on Will Levis, like Will Levis, really, are, seriously, you're going to take him this high in the draft. But right. if that's what people are telling you, and that's what teams like, then you got to kind of listen to that. And if these are the reports now, and you're getting it from multiple areas that we're going to get two running backs, then I think it's probably worth a bet to make and trust that, uh, trust that, that news. Uh, Matt, uh, wide receivers is something that you wanted to look at, and uh, it looks like uh, 
you know, Smith and Jigba is going to be the first one picked. He's minus 240 right now. Bet Rivers to be the first pick. Zay Flowers, uh, second choice at plus 350. Jordan Addison at plus 650. You think Quentin Johnston uh, will get into the first round? I'm looking at his over-unders. is 27 and a half. You like the uh, overs and wide receivers taken in the first round over three and a half. Well, of the numbers that are left on the market at this point, I think uh, wide receivers over three and a half at about even money is a decent play. To me, it's kind of a coin flip whether or not you're going to get a uh, fourth-right wide receiver late in that first round. And when I did my mock drafts, I did have four, but I had Jordan Addison going as the fourth very late in the round and also Quentin Johnson going very late in the round. I think there's a chance that uh, Smith and Jigba from Ohio State uh, won't be the first wide receiver off the board until number 21 to the Chargers. A lot of people assume he's going to go to the Texans at number 12. I'm hearing that's not the case. Uh, so I think he could slip all the way to 21. You could have four receivers go in the 20s. Once the first one gets picked, you could have a run on them because you have more teams that want or need wide receivers there in the 20s. So I'm not saying that's the best bet on the board, but if you play wide receivers over three and a half at about even money, I think that's a decent play. And actually, I, I agree with what Mitch said about the running backs because I was reading the same information, and I put Jameer Gibbs late in the first round. I said, you know, whether or not you think running backs should go in the first round doesn't matter. Uh, these teams are going to look to draft a running back. It looks like you got Cowboys, Bills, Bengals, uh, Eagles, Chiefs. you got five teams there at the end of the round that could possibly go for a running back like Jameer Gibbs. So, yeah, you're going to be on the edge of your seat. If you bet that under, you're going to be nervous at the end of the first round. Same with the wide receivers. And almost the same with the quarterbacks. I still think there's a better chance that um, the quarterback number four and a half stays under and you don't get that fifth quarterback until early in the second round. It's going to be Hendon Hooker from Tennessee, and I think the Raiders are going to try to make a move for him. They might even try to move up late into the first round to get Hooker. I hope that's not the case because I got under four and a half quarterbacks, but that's not a big bet for me. I think those 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 uh, type of props, like the quarterbacks and the wide receivers, are more – like coin flip uh, propositions. All right, you're 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 lying. And look, these things are certainly time sensitive. They're bouncing around even you know within the last hour when I uh, looked at them all. But right now you're laying one hundred six on uh, wide receivers over a uh, three and a half. Smith and Jigba's number is fourteen and a half. That's also minus one hundred six uh, to the over. If you're looking at that, Quentin Johnston again twenty seven and a half uh, over. You laying some juice at minus one thirty six under plus one hundred five. There was a there was some conversation at one point that he could be the number one, you know, the first uh, wide receiver taken in the draft. So I, I tell you what, just go back to that uh, for two for two guys. I mean, the film doesn't lie, and I know it wasn't. You know, they kind of overmatched Utah in that Rose Bowl. But the throws that Stroud made and the catches that Smith and Jigba made, I mean, that was unbelievable. I mean, that, 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 was, that was really impressive. And I understand that, you know, a guy like Tua had Ruggs, Smith, and Waddle to throw to. And, well, you know, uh, Bryce Young did not. You know, he had Jameson Williams last year, but, I mean, not nearly the supporting cast and the weapons that he had around him where a 77-yard slant would turn into a 70-yard touchdown. But um, it's just, uh, I mean, I, that's all I needed to see with uh, with Smith and Jigba. I mean, constantly tr- uh, catches over the shoulder, keeping his feet inbound. It was impressive, you know, and I, a lot of concern about him. You know, they just wanted to make, out, make it out physically, but – 
he's gonna. I think he's gonna be pretty highly taken. But we'll see. I mean, Jimmy. Matt, there's not that many, not that many wide receiver need teams that you see out there. Not a lot. I mean, how, how many great plays do you see Smith and Jigba make uh, last year for Ohio State? None. Yeah, that, that's see, that would be my concern too. As a guy who can't stay healthy or who, who doesn't want to play to protect his draft status, I, w- I would be a little bit hesitant to go after that guy. He didn't want to get on the field and play for a team that had a shot to win a national championship, and he was injured all year. Uh, you can always find red flags with some of these players. I would probably play him over 14 and a half. I don't think he's going to go that early. Uh, so that, w- that would be one to think about too. Mitch, I want you to expound upon how much of your your, your draft uh, handicapping is sort of just chasing steam and line movements. And, you know, because that has seemed to be a real profitable approach uh, in the past. And, you know, I'm, I'm kind of a dog or pass type of better for the most part, but Man, some of these things seem so obvious. Like last year, when the defensive lineman from Georgia surpassed Hutchinson in the weekend, per, uh, you know, you know, before the draft. And well, I mean, some books were just a little slow to adjust, and yeah. you can get the, you know, so chasing that steam type of approach. Well, just because this is completely different than any other like sporting right. event, right? Because this is actually not a game. So this is all based on information that you're getting. Uh, I would say that typically in the past, I'd be more than willing to lay huge numbers uh, with the draft once you find out what teams are going to be targeting, right? But this year, it just this year's a little bit different. I got to be honest. I mean, it's not only are the props maybe a little bit thinner than they have been over the years, but I think the information is um, not it's not really out there at this point, and so many things are up in the air. So mm-hmm. that's why I'm a little bit hesitant here, but. I mean, if I had rock solid information that Will Levis is going to going to go number two overall without any shit, you know, and there are people who I trust that I talk to about this draft every single year, then I I would make a really big bet on minus one forty. But I just I don't I don't know that yet. I don't I don't have that information yet. That that's who Houston's definitely going to go with. So, um, yeah, that's why this year it's been. And typically, I'm okay with that with the NFL draft, but this year's a little bit different. Uh, Matt, uh, I took uh, Paris Strontz, talking about laying a number, minus 177, uh, head up against uh, Peter Skaronsky uh, of Northwestern. And, um, well, I mean, probably, you know, most the majority of people have Paris Johnson going as the first offensive lineman, and some people don't uh, don't know if Skaronsky can play at tackle instead of guard. So that's one where I laid, uh, laid a number. Yeah, I'm not sure about that one. I've seen Paris Johnson mocked as high as number three, believe it or not. And I've also seen him mocked in like the number 25 spot. It's kind of crazy. That's why this draft is uh, one of the more unpredictable ones I can remember in the last 20 years after you get past the number one spot. I talked to somebody last week uh, from Chicago who's got pretty good information. He said he had no doubt that um, Skaronsky would go before Paris Johnson. I talked to somebody else the next day. He said uh, he, he thought there was no doubt Johnson would go uh, before Skaronsky. So, whatever. Uh, I think Skaronsky's <laughs> a better prospect if you're looking for a pure tackle. Uh, he, he's a guy you can plug in at left tackle, right tackle, start right away. He's a stud. Talked about the Ohio State tackle. Skaronsky from Northwestern, if you're the Bears, if you got them both on the board, he might be a better pick because Skaronsky is a stud run blocker, probably the best run blocker in the draft close to it and uh the bears obviously want to be one of the top rushing offenses in the nfl he might be a better pick for the bears i don't know i i think that's 
close to a coin flip. I did not bet that prop. I've been torn. I think Paris Johnson's better tackle prospect. Yeah, uh, Matt, you um, you still like Richardson over uh, five and a half at his new number as well? No. In fact, okay. uh, there was one book in Vegas, Mitch probably knows, put up last week, Anthony Richardson's draft position, three and a half over minus 170. And I bet it and uh, bet it again. I went back the next day to bet it, and it was off the board. And so I got him over three and a half. I got him over four and a half. And I can't play the over five and a half just because, well, first of all, I already got a good position on it. But I think there is a decent chance the Seahawks would take him at number five. Really, if you're trying to, if you're Pete Carroll and you're trying to map out the future of your franchise, Geno Smith is not going to be the future. He had a good year in 2022, but you have to get a quarterback to uh, develop behind him. And there's a lot of people in the league who think that Anthony Richardson is a, just a freak athlete who has got a tremendous amount of upside and could be a superstar. If the Seahawks believe that, then I think they could take him at number five. Like I said initially, in my mock draft, I was debating, do I put Anthony Richardson at five and then have Jalen Carter slip to the Falcons at number eight or vice versa? So, um, no, I wouldn't play him over five and a half because I do think, and I talked to somebody in Seattle, not the same reporter Mitch was referring to, but somebody in Seattle who told me that he thinks the Seahawks do really like Anthony Richardson a lot and can take him. Who the hell knows? Like I said, this draft is information overload. You hear all sorts of stuff. And... Uh, you're not always sure what to believe. Some of it's conflicting information, too, obviously. Richardson, yeah, no no denying his athleticism. I mean, absolutely. But, uh, I mean, he, you know, being a quarterback, uh, and listen, this league has taught us a lot that long-term success for run-first quarterbacks is not good. We've seen early success for guys like Vince Young, Tim Tebow, and RG3. And, uh, you know, it just doesn't happen. You know, it's something that Jalen Hurts needs to do. I mean, 160 hits, he, he's not going to carry the ball 160 times like he did last year, you know, for him. And still, and there's been a couple that have been close, Hurts and, uh, I guess, Kaepernick, as far as running quarterbacks that have been close well, to winning the Super Bowl. But they still what? haven't won one. Ever, Jimmy, so. you, could say, you could say that uh, Cam Newton, he was a MVP and he got to the Super Bowl. Uh, Lamar Jackson, MVP. Uh, you know, maybe Anthony Richardson's that type of player. I, Matt, I watched him very close in college. Richardson had, could not throw the ball like Cam Newton did at Auburn. And uh, Newton made a lot, of, a lot of throws, and he won a lot of games too. And that wasn't like the greatest supporting cast that he put on his back uh, in one. So he, he did, but it, it shortened his career as well, especially the in, inside the tackle design runs that they ran. So, but, but no, you, I could go to Michael Vick a little bit of long-term success, but would he win one or two playoff games? So right. we'll see. Mitch, some final thoughts on last minute, what you're looking for, just sort of a handicapping tip uh, to, you know, as the information and the moves that we see in these next few days are going to be really interesting to watch. I'll piggyback on what Matt just said, because I think that's a very big tip when it comes to betting. There are key numbers still. You know how we talk about key numbers in football, three, seven. There are key numbers here. And I, I, I'm, I totally agree with what Matt just said. If you already bet Anthony Richardson three and a half or four and a half over, um, you're good to go. If you didn't and you want to chase that, I would not do that at five and a half because to me that is a key number. And I could see the Seahawks uh, t- spending that pick on Anthony Richardson at, at number five overall. The thought process would be, Jimmy, what you were saying, you don't think he's even close to being ready. I think a landing spot for like Seattle makes infinitely more sense than a team that absolutely has to have a quarterback right away and wants to play him as a rookie. He can go there. He can learn for a couple of years in theory under Geno Smith 
and then we're talking by what 2025 he might be more polished and ready to go that's why I couldn't I could not get on board with betting him over five and a half right now there are key numbers in the draft for sure uh and Matt uh final thoughts from you as far as uh, maybe some keys if you see a a line really jump if you follow it or you just kind of stay away well it depends where the information's coming from the next couple days you're going to hear some uh, I think some critical info probably come out in the next couple days because you get more weeks like in the last three days before the draft and you get in the uh, three weeks previous to that because and some of that's going to be BS too so you have to be careful about that but uh, the, like the running back information that came out this morning, the Mitch jumped on. You know, I was up till six in the morning working on this stuff, and I, I decided sometime around five a.m. to switch and put Jameer Gibbs into uh, late in the first round of my mock draft, which I didn't plan to do before, but I was reading some stuff about it, and then I was watching NFL Network, and I said, okay, that makes sense because I can see five teams taking a running back. You just gotta look for late breaking information, try to jump on the numbers as soon as possible here because these props are going to be a lot of a lot of spots are going to be going down too i think the bookmakers are going to be taking these down pretty soon uh probably within uh, two days of the draft so you got to move fast but uh, follow as many nfl reporters as you can and see who's putting out good information out there and then jump on it fast if it makes sense mitch you wanted to say something no you spot on with that that's all that's all good information right there to have for sure you need to follow the twitter's you, you got to be on Twitter and following all these people for sure. There you go. All right, from Mitch Moss and Matt Humans, I'm Jimmy Ott here on the Sports Betters Paradise, getting ready for the NFL Draft on the Bet Rivers Network.